Greetings and welcome to the Pure Report. I'm your host, Rob Ludeman. It is time to bring the orange yet again with our special guest today, Director of Data Protection Solutions, Mr. David Huskison. Dave, welcome to the program. My pleasure and an honor to be. This is my first appearance on your very uh, notorious podcast. So <laughs> a pleasure. I love, I love Notorious, and you also bring a wonderful accent to the program. We just don't have enough of an international flavor. So that is that is a fantastic, a fantastic thing. Well, uh, tell us a little bit about you and how you found your way to Pure. I know when I first learned of you, you were kind of toiling in the uh, Flashblade team, and now you're doing some things around data protection solutions. But what was what was the journey like to get here? Um, the journey. Wow. So uh, I, obviously British. I think I think we've already got to that. <laughs> uh, so moved, uh, you know. So had a good, solid, tons of fun. Eleven years um, at Veritas in the field organization. So 2011, I traveled so much to Minnesota because uh, Veritas have a big engineering office here. They uh, offered me a job over here so we we moved to i moved the family to minneapolis uh i think the jury's still out about um the weather it's pretty cold here right now it's usually cold yes it's very cold so um so had came over to veritas ran eventually ended up running a competitive team on the data protection side which was loads and loads of fun uh, left Veritas, went to AWS to run a competitive team for a while and kind of uh, was, you know, kind of did my, felt I did my apprenticeship with competitive, kind of wanted to get onto the product side, um, you know, knew a lot of people who worked at Pure, told me how great it was and it, and, and the stars sort of all aligned. So that's, that's, so it was a pretty easy transition, to be honest. It was been pretty good and you know since i've been here joined when we acquired store reduce um and then sort of morphed into kind of running the data protection solutions across you know both the flash blade and the flash array business unit yeah and i'm thrilled to have you on because it's such a vast and diverse space right we've mm, got definitely multiple products that solve so that solve challenges for customers in different ways, but then you start multiplying that out by the amount of really valued alliance partners that we have that are sitting in that backup software space uh, that it really is. I'm looking forward to getting into that, but first we have to get back to your UK lineage because one of the things that we've connected on and I don't know, I've probably mm. mentioned it on the pod before is my my deep love of uh, Premier League and English football in general, which includes you and your Nottingham Forest uh, yes. following in, in the championship. And, and maybe one day we'll return to the premiership. But uh, what do you miss? What do you miss about the UK besides besides being able to watch footy live? Um, you know, it's that's, you know, it, honestly, everybody asks me and, you know, every time I meet someone new, we get into this. It's you know what it is. I mean, clearly there's the kind of tedious sort of staple answers like I miss my friends and my family. Yeah, right. Um, so we could just put that to the side. I mean, the things I miss, uh, you know, kind of a real bugbear I miss kettles, kettles boiling quickly in England. We have <laughs> no, seriously, in England, we have 240 volts. Right. And it still yeah. surprises me when I go back, uh, when I switch on a kettle, it takes two to three minutes. 
here, you know, six minutes, seven minutes. I, I kind of, I kind of miss that. Kettles. So it's, 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 yes, it's response time for hot water to make tea, I think. I mean, we could it almost, make a, we could almost make a, a rapid restore joke out of this and say that yes. we're not able to restore tea in, in as fast yeah, as time in the U.S., right? Something, something goofy like that. Okay. That's a really interesting one um, to, to, I had not even thought, I yeah. mean, I've, 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 I've run afoul of that different voltage level. I mean, I did burn out a Palm Pilot 5 in a hotel room because I forgot to put the converter on and boy, you, you should smell the smoke that comes out of a, for anybody under 40, before we had phones, we had these things called personal digital assistants. They were PDAs, PDAs and the, the Palm 5 was fantastic because it had a little stylus you could pull out and did. actually write with a crazy alphabet that was nothing like anybody's alphabet. But uh, I, I digress. Um, so you, you are... You are a Nottingham Forest supporter. I am. And, I am. And, and what area, for folks less familiar with the geography there, where, where would they find themselves? Okay, so, yeah, so let's do, I, I, my assumption is pretty much everyone who's listening to this will know where London is, right? So yeah, probably. Let's, let's every, certainly every American knows, knows where London is. So if you kind of look up the you look north from america from america from london if you look north up the uk kind of you'll eventually your eyes will eventually settle in the middle in the second city called birmingham and then yeah. if you go if you go a little bit further north and slightly to the slightly to the east you will hit nottingham and it's sort of known as the east i guess it's generally classed as the east midlands you know, we've got around us, there's, there's Leicester who have, who have torn it up really for a club of their size since they got promoted. Right. There's that, there's our arch rivals, Derby. Boo. I have yeah, to say yeah. that. Well, remember, uh, the, remember the Derby season in 2009 where I think a team of you, me and nine other Puritans probably could have beat them. Right. Something yeah, like it, that. yeah. But I, I have to remind everyone that is the worst performance in the premiership forever, which Ever. delights us. Nottingham Forest fan. So I guess it's, you know, all, all told, it's probably a two hour train journey. It's a, probably about 150 miles, uh, you know, 150 miles north. It's not the north for anyone who's asking, you know, we are firmly in the in the Midlands. Yeah, not the way, way north. No, not, the way, not Newcastle yeah. or Edinburgh yeah. or yeah. Any, anywhere like that. When you and I have bonded over the premiership, I mean that's mm. part of some of our some of our mm. instant messaging Slack conversations with fun, and there may or may not be ad advising around potential wagers. But is it is it strange to you that 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 an American like myself has gone so full in on like does that is that odd or is that becoming more normal that you've got Americans who are into effectively England's game? Yeah, so that great great observation. I mean. Uh, you know, to set the to, to lay the table out here, you are definitely the outlier. Okay. Your 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 knowledge uh, and passion about it is is probably the most extreme. Having said that, though, when I you know I arrived here in 2011, and I think in my son, so my son was 11 at the time, and he's you know he's 21 now. But in that in that at that time in 2011, his age group you know, were very into, even at that point, were very into European football. They understood who Arsenal were, Manchester United, yeah. your team, Manchester City and Liverpool. So I think, and I've certainly noticed 
you know, over this sort of last 10 years that, you know, it, the interest here in, in English, English soccer, not so much the championship, but certainly the yeah. Premier League, it, it's, de- you know, and the coverage on the television is pretty good. So it's, it's definitely on a, it's definitely on an upward, uh, upward trajectory, I'd say. It certainly is. Yeah, I think it all changed when NBC won the contract. Right. And I can't remember the exact date. It was like seven or eight years ago. And they, they committed to showing yeah. every, single, every single game. And it preceded streaming a little bit. Like, you know, streaming's helped out with that a little bit with the Peacock thing. But it really did change everything and made the game yeah. more accessible. Because I mean, prior to that, we would struggle to watch one or two matches on Fox. Right. And, and, and obviously, we still watch things at oddball times. I mean, I... I don't even need to set my alarm anymore to wake up at 4.30 to watch yeah. the early game if we get stuck in an early game. But um, that's good. That's interesting. I did really good assessment of, of you know, mm. what's what's changed here. And now watch how I do this fun segue. We got to talk about data protection. So okay. I'm going to ask you what's changed in the data wow. protection space, right? Wasn't that clever? That's, that's That why, was awesome. That's that why I get great- paid. You so I get paid the big butts to do you this certainly podcast. Do. <laughs> but I, in all seriousness, I think if we go back a couple decades and kind of when you were toiling at, at uh, mm. Veritas, toiling yeah. seems to be the word of the day for me today, um, it was all about backups, right? That, that was the priority. The priority was, was taking data and making sure you had backups about it. But as things have evolved and technology has evolved, things have shifted. It's become about restore. What, what in your view, with your experience, have you seen that's changed either technologically or hmm. strategically for, for companies? So it, it is, and this is purely, this is purely coincidence, not contrived for this podcast, but I was, I was sifting through some old uh, OneDrive uh, OneDrive uh, files of mine, as as we all do. Yeah. I, I did I, a couple of days ago, and I, I did come across a presentation that I presented to customers in 2009, and it was all about net backup, Veritas's backup product. But what was kind of interesting, and the timing, you know, and I, I do assure everyone who's listening, this was this is not contrived. I just happened to find it. 2009. So. Sort of, if you look at it, sort of from 2000, when I got into the data protection game, say late 2000, from sort of that late 2000 to sort of 2007, you know, it was everything was tape, right? Because disk yeah. was just way too expensive to use as a backup target. And then in this 2009 presentation that I found, it's when disk had started to arrive and we were starting to see software deduplication capabilities. So, you know, Veritas and a bunch of other backup vendors, you know, had all acquired or developed their own dedupe algorithms or implementations. So it, it really reduced the amount of data that you were backing up and, it, and it, that improved the economics for disk. So you, in my mind, you've got two like distinct periods. You've got this 2000 to sort of 2007, firmly about tape, improving the performance of tape. Then you've got this sort of starting off of dedupe and bringing disk disk and then appliances appliances in. But what was really interesting in this presentation, I actually couldn't find the word restore anywhere. Everything was optimizing backup, you know, backing up less data, improving economics of disk. Restore didn't really talk about it. 
Well, I, strategically, I don't think there was a realization, and I guess there was a technological limitation. So it was both things, right? It's like, well, the technology doesn't exist to do that, right? Particularly if everybody relied on tape for years and years and years. And, you know, there's certain tape vendors out there that, you know, hide your tapes in a mountain. So your restore time is like, how quickly, how quickly can they drive and grab the tape and then ship it to you and whatnot? And, and so, you know, if the technology didn't allow it, but then disc economics change, and then all of a sudden flash comes into play. And the narrative goes from, okay, yeah, backups are easy. What happens when you need the data? What happens when something goes really wrong? How quickly can you get back up? And, and the impact to the business that that has, and you can't be slow to recover. You can't have complicated solutions, but there's even more. Right? There's, there's utility in the data that you have in backups that you could actually use. And how, how did you see that evolve? Was that something that was after that 2007-09 period and Flash sort of ushered that in a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think I, mean, I think even in the sort of so if you sort of start the clock at two thousand and seven, you know, late you started to see once we saw I think once the market was starting to you know sort of warm up to the idea of disc, just you know standard disc and the economics around it, then you started to see this you know this sort of monetization or utility you know trying to make utility of the data from your backups so i think you started to see the seeds of that you know uh, sort of 2000 and you know sort of around the 2009 time frame i mean i think to be honest i think that sort of that concept of utility you know had largely been going on you know in a sort of you know bespoke guerrilla way i mean i remember speaking to dbas you know that would run you know would would run their their sequel and their oracle scripts and you know they would you know they would then go and duplicate you know copies of those you know copies of those uh, backups and then present them to developers for use but it was yeah. all yeah. and 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 the problem with that was was that it would spiral out of control and so you would end up you know the oracle dba or the sql dba or the database guy would just sit there doing all of these copies and you'd often end up with your expensive storage that had sort of 70 copies of the same thing so we i think i saw you know again reading by 2009 presentation and, and really what i can remember we started then to get into this era of i think of what used to be called copy data management right you so know, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so an, ex an acceptance that you know, I can leverage backup even manually to generate copies, and then I'm going to share these copies with developers and all the rest of it. But the economics were pretty poor because, you know, th there were just lots of copies of the same thing. So you sort of saw this era of copy data management arise, and that was sort of the zeitgeist for, you know, that sort of 2009, uh, you know, sort of 2009 to sort of two, I would say 2015. Uh, you know, along with dedupe, you know, improving dedupe and appliances and all, and all the rest that went with it. Which puts us in an interesting place because now, you know, you, you spend time at Veritas and, and then you're at AWS mm. and mm. then you find yourself coming in, you know, to Pure mm. and you have this thing called Flashblade. Right, which yeah. you know, I love. There's there's a rep that I'm kind of tight with who works in the in the in the southeast. He works in New Orleans area, and he he, he had a quote on an email one time, something to the tune of, you know, not a not a. And I'll tune the language a little bit, but it was basically something like, not a darn thing on this planet restores faster than a flash blade, right? Which 
you know, really designed for that. And again, I recognize we have other products where we talk about a flash array C as well, but you initially really had this flash blade thing that we were oh. talking about as, and, and the language at the time when I came in was around a data hub, right? Which is, okay, there's multiple uses for flash blade. Yeah, it's great at rapid restore. And we even called it restore because rapid restore, because we want to focus on the restore and not the backup piece of it, which is important, but also that you could do that data reuse, that you could, you know, you could host other data on there. You could do things with analytics, with with log if you wanted right. to, or reuse the data that's there for other purposes. But you came in and I, I think I I remember I associate you with Flashblade primarily, right? I mean it's, and I know your job has changed, but I was oh Dave Huskin, he's the guy I, I need somebody to talk about doing yeah. rapid restore on Flashblade. And you you know how that with your historical perspective, what what did you love about what Flashblade enabled you to do? Yeah, I, you know, and it feels like, you know, when I look, so now it's easier. Now I'm, you know, we all forget a lot of stuff. And now you're only asking me about the last three years. So I can sort of, I can sort of remember that. You can remember well. that. Right, I yeah. can remember that kind of stuff <laughs> reasonably well. Um, yeah. But I guess when I, you know, when I, you know, when I landed at Pure, it was kind of exciting, you know, Flashblade, you know, see, you know, was, is, was and still is very different from, you know, from what else is out there in terms of data protection. I mean, that the, the blade architecture, I really, it made a ton of sense having seen, you know, having previously seen customers spend hours waiting for a terabyte of data to come back. But I think, I, I think, and again, I, you know, there's definitely been a transition. It, it's presumably in my head, and I think it sort of mirrors the market a little bit. As you said, you know, my sort of first year at Pure was, you know, we've got this, we've got this terrific platform that can do these lightning fast restores. Doesn't really matter how big the data gets because of Flashblade's architecture, it can sustain a performance that you can rely and predictable. But it feels like to me when I look back, you know, the, the key thing, that, and you kind of mentioned it, the key, the sort of key value prop was don't you know don't have all these backup appliances everywhere do right. some do have some consolidation you can save a lot of money and improve efficiency and we can give you a platform that does all these great things of which rapid restore is a use case so it started off you know in my head it sort of started off with this consolidation multiple use thing and then this whole it's almost like we were to me it's like we were waiting for the market to kind of catch up and start actually thinking about rapid restore on its own merits, not being part of something kind of bigger. And I think, you know, then we got into the whole ransomware discussion. And I think, you know, that that's, I think that's what sort of started to reorientate customers thinking into, you know, into, into this whole rapid restore concept. You know what, I've suddenly now got a different problem you know, I've got a, I've got a, a, a very, you know, a, a very <laughs> dangerous problem to, to manage. You know, I don't want to pay my, you know, I don't want to pay an attacker some money to get data back. I need to be thinking about how I get myself out of this mess, um, you know, because it's really a question of when not if. So it feels like to me when I look back over those three years has been that, that sort of consolidation to our now People, are, I think the market's really understanding the true value of rapid restore. Yeah, the knowledge around the need for restore. I mean, the same problems still exist, right? You can still yeah. have data corruptions and other things that require mm. you need to restore. But now, 
you know, when your business is offline or you've got the ransom or you, you know, you, you need to get the, get the data back. It's, it's a new problem, right? It's a new right. problem, but with the same ultimate objective, which is our business is offline. It's costing us millions of dollars per minute or hour or whatever that metric is. Right. How and where do we get the data back? And oh, by the way, we can't sit and wait for it to restore in three days or a week or a month. How fast can you do it? And that's where something like FlashBlade and and even you know even Flash Array C, while not quite at the same restore rate, still has a, a pretty robust yeah. capability to to pull pull data back and does some other interesting things for data protection. And I know we're we're honing in on on recovery primarily, mm-hmm. but you know it was one of the first things I learned coming into Pure was data protection is a is a is a spectrum, right? It's an end to end spectrum. It's a portfolio. You've touched on things like like CDM, you know copy, clone, and refresh, which we solve really well with, with the space-efficient snapshots that we have and, and replication technologies and restore and, and ransomware. And so what I love, you know, in working with you and the, and the team that, that represents data protection solutions out, there's just so many different entry points that we can go solve. And we've got two products that do really fun and interesting things. Um, chat a bit about safe mode, because you, you mentioned a moment ago relative to ransomware mitigation, and I know that's one that we feature on our own, but and we're going to talk about alliance partners in a minute. It's also something mm. that we're really, we're really going out actively to our really valued alliance partners and working on integrations, because we've got that safe mode integration on our side, and they have some things that are ransomware prevention-y on their side, and it's really a nice, uh, a nice marriage of those two. Yeah, I mean, I it, you know, and it was, you know, it was it was kind of a that the whole sort of safe mode um, sort of journey has been a really interesting one. I can still remember, uh, you know, May, I think it was like 2019. Uh, you know, we were sitting in a we were sitting. I think it was the back end of the maybe the back end of the fiscal year or something like that. And we were sitting there. You know, the brain trust was sitting there. And we were like, well, what's the number one problem that our customers in the in the sort of backup and restore data protection world that they're trying to solve for? And it yeah. was even even then. I mean, we've seen it accelerate, but even then, it was you know you know ransomware is you know protecting, mitigating, whatever you want to call it. You know, and that's really when the sort of safe mode kind of I guess initiative started. And you know, we just leveraged. To be to be brutally honest, we we leveraged some capabilities that we'd already built, and and we kind of you know we sort of enhanced them a little bit. And I think it's it's I think the thing I love about it is it's elegantly simple. It's you know it's it's the snapshot technology that's that's built into both Flash Array and Flash Blade that you know customers love using. You've already mentioned space efficient, but it's really just adding you know some extra you know, guardrails around that because, you know, around sort of credential management and access levels and, and really not being able to, you know, even if you get penetrated, you just don't, you know, the attacker will not have the level of access they need to manipulate, you know, critical, you know, critical snapshots. And I, and I think you're right about, you know, the work we do with our, you know, with our very valued alliance partners. And I think, again, what I like the most is, it's elegantly simple and it really doesn't sort of cross over or interfere with anything our alliance partners do. So it's a beautiful story for basically for everyone. And it just gives our customers, you know, another, you know, another level, another depth of security that they perhaps wouldn't have. 
Right. And when we're talking about the alliance partners, there's choice, right? I mean, there's multiple right. myriad of partners out there that have mm. really terrific software solutions. Absolutely. And in most cases, they don't have an appliance or some type of backup thing. Some do, and that's okay. We we navigate that. There's enough uh, enough business to go around, but the, the, the synergy works really well with, with solutions development, as you say. And we've made some really great strides. And I guess I'll, I'll make a shout out to, you know, to our friends, you know, Sean Klein, who manages the alliance's relationships for us here at Pure, and then Roger Boss from my team, who's come in and just done a bang up job as the the solutions marketing lead. They they're worth mentioning, and I know I'm leaving out other names of other folks, but um, you know those are the ones I think of. But uh, let's talk Veeam and Commvault a little bit because those are the two where I think we've had probably the most level of increased partnership over the past mm. 12 months. I mean, they've really, what's really great is when an alliance partner wants to work with you. Like when they come to you and go, yeah, we see the value in what you're doing. Here's how it's gonna work well together. Here's joint activities we're gonna do. Mm. Um, hit Veeam first. How, how has the solutions work over the last year evolved and improved relative to what we're doing with Veeam? Yeah, I mean, you know, they're both, I mean, as you say, they're both, it's, it's, you know, heartwarming. You definitely want to be in the, in the sweet spot where they're coming to you and, and wanting to work with us. And I think that's sort of, you know, sort of, you know, cheesy infomercial a little bit, but I think that's, <laughs> I think that's product and kind of, I think that's kind of product and culture. Definitely the culture. Kind of, yeah. yeah the, the kind of company we are, but I, you know, in, t- in respect of being, you know, when I arrived in 20, 2018, you know, we had a we had a we had a, a a good, great flash blade solution. I mean, I think what's really changed the momentum with Veeam more than anything is 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 Flasher AC. Mm-hmm. And I think if I look over the last year, you know, that the Flasher AC offering, I think not that Flashblade doesn't fit really well with Veeam, it really does. But I think some of the you know, some of the capabilities in Flasher AC, especially around the storage efficiency piece, helps, you know, helps Veeam solve, you know, helps Veeam solve a problem. And I think, you know, I think that's been the sort of bulwark of success um, that, that we've seen this year, uh, you know, seen this year with Veeam. And I think, you know, also some of the, and this also equally applies to Convolt and some of the others, but the snapshot integration work we've been able to do um, especially with Veeam, I think is it has been really exciting. You know, I think the Veeam Flash Array plugin is pretty much the most downloaded sort of plugin that Veeam have. You know, to drive storage snapshots. So I think it, again, it's been a perfect storm. I, I think Veeam's DNA as a company is is quite similar to ours. So I think it's you know, and as you rightly call out, Sean, I think you know, Sean has really been able to sort of push that relationship. And you know, it feels like. You know, we've got a very tight engineering relationship along with the sort of GTM and the marketing side. But I think, you know, if I was going to, if you were asking me, you know, what has been the game changer this year, it's all the investments we've we've put into, you know, our Flasher AC solutions with uh, with Beam, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, likewise, not to, you mentioned it, not to leave out Convault in this. They've been as well a very, you know, eager, eager partner. You know, they've got some great IntelliSnap technology and some other things. And again, it's, 
different customers are different using different solutions out there. So ultimately we want to provide choice, right? Gap gaps in the portfolio or never yes. is having, having choice um, that are out there. And, and you've made similar strides with Commvault in the last year as well. There's been no shortage of things on the roadmap that I've seen that you, you and the team have been executing on as well. So a lot of excitement in that space is to, as well, right? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, again, if you, you know, if we sort of sort of change the question slightly, you know, what's been the big game changer for, for us and Convolt? Well, you know, kudos to uh, Convolt, especially if they're listening. Their S3, the way they've implemented S3 uh, in their in their product is is no, nothing short of phenomenal, you know, and we've been, that's where that we've had that really perfect storm between sort of Flashblade's S3 implementation and Convolt's S3 implementation. And, and it's really delivered, uh, you know, I don't want to, get, you know, get over my skis about it, but, <laughs> you know, in the data protection world, you know, it's, you know, there's not, you know, there's not great sort of tranches of innovation because it's, you know, part of it is, you know, slow and steady and, and building the right stuff. But I would say, you know, with all, all respect to Convolt, I think, the way they've architected S3 in their product, their implementation has matched up perfectly with Flashblade, you know, not only to just provide, you know, the, the rapid restore piece, but even taking, you know, we talked briefly about safe mode, but even being able to take their S3 and sort of bend it into a, you know, into a safe mode architecture, which is, you know, which, you know, has, has delivered some fantastic outcomes uh, you know, for some, you know, for some of our Convolt and Pure customers. So, and there's so, again, as you say, there's so much more, you know, there's so much more we can do and so much more we're excited about this year, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And it's fun because I've seen some of these things, you know, we poked around the first half of the year at, you know, should we do some of these things on, on flash stack, right? So now you're adding another layer of complexity, right. with a really large partner Cisco. And it's fun because we've seen now some adoption of the Cisco plus pure plus, you know, the Veeam or the Commvault mm. solution that we also have, you know, fleshed out um, with, with flash stack as well. So if you want to make it even easier with something that is a combined modern stack of infrastructure to do backup and frankly, Hey, why not go ahead and just run your databases on that thing as well? That's another great solution entry point. And now blatant plug, I, I will mention, and I, it was about nine months ago. I just sort of looked it up here. If you do want to go back and listen to a Pure Report podcast where I chatted with each of Veeam and Commvault. One's in April, one's in May. You can check those out. I talked to uh, one of the one of the folks at Commvault along with our own Jason Walker and then Rickatron at uh, at Veeam, and we had really fun, great discussions just about the, the the level of integration work. And that was prior to a lot of the good work that Dave just highlighted here. And Dave, I love how you highlighted like what's the big highlight that kind of drove integration. And I will say we're, we're ramping up on some new partners that we've talked about. We're doing some of the similar, we're, we're following the same playbook for Rubrik. We're following the same playbook for Veritas right now. And again, providing choice and extending the portfolio. And I know those are things you and the team are working on actively right now. It's really exciting. Yeah, no, and you know, uh, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's a big, you know, the, the data protection market. I mean, I think that the sort of overall sort of takeaway for me is, you know, you talked about sort of extending our solutions with Rubrik and Veritas. I mean, you know, again, sort of going back in the time machine, you know, I can remember speaking to customers and, you know, backup was this, you know, back, you know, backup was largely 
seen as this thing I have to do because there's compliance. You know, I may never even recover anything, but I've got, you know, there's certain regulations I have to meet. And if you're in banking or healthcare, you know, the regulations are even tighter, so they should be. But it, it was largely like, you know, a underfunded, trying to, you know, get the cheapest solution just so I can tick a box. And again, the, the sort of upside of being in the industry so long is you see that sort of transition from something I've really got to do, but I don't really want to do it. And I see it as expensive um, all the way through to this. Well, now, especially with the current environment we're in, we're actually solving problems that are incredibly relevant for customers. And, it, you know, as an older person, I should say, it's kind of breathed new life into the whole you know, the whole sector. So, you know, working with some of the, you know, bring, you know, doing, trying to build solutions with the rubrics and the Veritases this year is, you know, is an exciting challenge, uh, you know, for, for me and the team for sure. Yeah, we don't use the word old, we use experienced. That's usually how we, we, sort, okay. of, how we okay. sort of couch that, you know, but no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> Kidding, kidding aside, no, it, it, it's it's a shot in the arm relative to, to innovation and technology and making it an exciting space. Like you say, it's not just something that we have to do, right? And I'm always, I, I always think back to to a joke that somebody told me years ago at some point in my career. If you want to punish, if you want to punish a storage architect or a DBA, make them go test backups, right? <laughs> that's that's one of those. That's one of those old jokes, and I wouldn't say that necessarily applies anymore because this is this. There's some just some really great and interesting yeah. technology going in that works, but also allows value to be added to the business. It's not just a rudimentary uh, type of thing, and that also applies to just database backups, right? I mean, we've talked through the partners. But when I started here four years ago and I was looking after the database solutions portfolio, one of the things that we did was do regular testing and validation for backups for SQL Server, for backups for Oracle, even testing out Oracle RMAN and there's other database variants and we've done papers for SAP HANA, like we're covering 90 something percent of the major databases that are out there and you and the team continue to carry that work on. It's 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 really great and and just showing people how to, how to do that better so it's not a punishment. Right, I, I, exactly and look, I mean, you know, I, you know, having sold to DBAs way back when, I think you'll find actually, sorry, just to segue back, I think yeah. you'll find, I think you'll find the term is tape monkey. I think that's what, <laughs> I think that was the industry, certainly 2000, 2003 to 2005. Yeah. If you didn't, if there, if there was someone in the organization you wanted to punish, uh, you go, you go be the tape monkey. And in fact, <laughs> in, in, in all transparency and honesty, uh, you know, even before my time at Veritas in an early admin job, I was the tape monkey. Yeah, I used to yeah. put my little DAC cartridges and take them home. Um, but, you know, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And having sold to DBAs, you know, historically, that's, you know, that sector, they're super clever, right? They're in the bowels of the database. They've written, you know, and, you know, they've written some, you know, fantastic scripts that does all manner of stuff. And, you know, they want to be able to preserve that. And, you know, they never really wanted to get sort of brought into, you know, as a, as a backup, uh, you know, selling backup, selling sort of commodity backup products to a DBA, even when you gave away the option to do it was, was next to impossible because we could never, the backup vendors can never really mirror the sort of complexity and the nuances of the scripts that DBAs built. So largely, 
they would stay with their scripts, but that, you know, creates exposure for the company. You know, there's a, there's a whole raft of issues, but I think you're right. It's, it's still, even in, even in 2022, it amazes me that, you know, the take up and the interest of just standard R man or SQL dump or some of the newest stuff we're doing with Mongo and Postgres and Maria, it's, it's phenomenal that even these new databases still have really great capabilities for DBAs to kind of strut their stuff. And, you know, you can, you know, can leverage the pure portfolio to, to deliver the outcome you need. Yeah, I, I think you stated it really well. And I've, I've kept you on long enough here, um, but we got to let you go. Final thoughts on, on the year ahead. I mean, we can't really give away roadmaps or anything like that. And we've alluded to doing more work with Rubrik and Veritas. Mm. And I've seen the published roadmaps and it looks like you're going to be a busy fellow um, for, for the next 12 months. But I love it. I, it shows our customers we're investing in this important space. It's important to them. We're uh, tackling things around ransomware. But what are, what are you excited about for the year to come in the uh, yeah. data protection space? Wow, great question. So I, you know, I think, I think, uh, I think it comes down to, I think it, it comes down to two, two things, maybe three at a stretch. I think, I think, you know, building new solutions for a new set of partners is is really exciting. They've all got their nuances and and differences, and it's it, you know, it's a challenge for the team to see how we can emulate the success you know we've had with 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 the with the convolts and the veins that you talk about. So that's kind of number one. I think number two is integrations. You know, there's a lot of integration work we can do. Got some love to talk about roadmap, but I know I'm not allowed to. So <laughs> I would just say to the to everyone who's listening, just just keep watching for some of the integration work uh, that we're that we're doing. And then I guess the third thing is I firmly believe Nottingham Forest will be back in the Premiership this year. <laughs> we're just we're just hovering outside of. Uh, Outside of that uh, playoff zone, we've re we haven't lost one of our best players during the window, so it's uh, it's it's pretty exciting. And also for any Leicester City fans that are listening, you're going to be leaving the FA Cup in a couple of weeks, so just just uh, enjoy the, uh, go just, get him. <laughs> you, you, you need you need Mr. Lewis Grabbin to be scoring hats of goals here for the for the uh, next half. I got I got faith in Lewis. He, he just needs, as you say. As you say, he's experienced, so he needs a bit of a rest between games. Yes, he is experienced since we used to watch him in the Prem with multiple clubs over the time. I think I think Norwich the last time we saw him, but um, either way, um, that thank you for that number three to bring it back full circle to to the. Uh, to the, to the Prem piece. And I hope you do knock out Lester. And, uh, you know, if you're ever out there, any listeners in the UK, um, go to a championship football game. I, I myself went to Fulham and I went to QPR and those were both, yeah. uh, quite, quite entertaining when they were in the championship. It's a little bit more raw and it's a, not as clean of football, but, oh gosh, we went to Charlton too. That was, uh, yeah, that was well, a very interesting experience in the, in the South of London. We'll leave it at that. I think so. Uh, yes. But exciting year ahead, Dave, this was a blast. Let's do it Pleasure. again very, very soon. You know, maybe we get some more specific around some of those roadmap things we can report out. And for anybody else that wants to get more info on the many, many things that we're doing to add value into our raft of data protection solutions, you can head to purestorage.com slash data protection. We do have that vanity URL set up as usual. Um, Mr. David, thank you again. My pleasure. And make sure you invite me back when, uh, 
when Nottingham Forest are in the Premiership. So it should be next year. We will do a special, special episode for that and celebrate it. And for all of you out there, I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Pure Report. Thank you for listening. Please tell a friend, tell a colleague, and we will continue to bring the great guests like David Huskinson on. If you have any feedback, send it to purereport at purestorage.com. With that, we will wrap for Pure Storage. And David Huskinson, this is Rob Ludeman saying, don't look back. Something might be gaining on you.